You are listening to the RTE Today podcast, featuring some of our best bits from the show on RTE One weekdays at 3.30. We have our news panel with us in studio. We have Parentline CEO Aileen Hickey. We have editor of Cork Bio, Joe O'Shea. And on Skype, we have Irish Daily Mail columnist Fiona Looney. Last off, Falter over Fad. We have to uh, just kind of nod to you first, Aileen. And like all of your outfits, uh, the devil is in the detail. Well... <laughs> The, the devil is in the horn of the detail, I would have to say. Yes, so, so, so it, my, my boots are... Made for walking. They're <laughs> <laughs> made yeah. for something. Don't ask too many questions, but they do have horns. Yeah. Yes. Did you stick the horns on yourself, or did they come no, with I those horns? No, I know it looks like I, I, I was at home with make and do make or and something. Do, yeah. I stuck horns on my, my boots, but I didn't actually. They came with horns. You can go on special websites... Right, I, I don't know those that. websites, no. no. Uh, we leave the websites there. Joe, on to what uh, turns into our second story of yeah. the day now. Marianne Keyes. And this has got a lot of colour to it as well, actually, a lot of sparkle. It's a beautiful portrait of the author, uh, Marion Keyes. It's just been unveiled. Um, the Irish artist Margaret Corcoran did it. And it's absolutely stunning. There's a, a bit of almost like Gustav Klimt off it with that yeah. big mm. block of gold behind but I actually have met her a few times, Marianne, being a while, but it really does capture her personality and, mm-hmm. and there's something playful about it. It's just a beautiful portrait. And there's the sitter and the, and the, uh, and the artist there. It's hanging in the National Gallery. It's been added to the National Collection. Mm-hmm. And it's actually gorgeous to think that they're still adding people and adding pictures to the National Collection yeah. because you kind of think it's people who died 100 years ago, yeah. you know, WB mm-hmm. Yeats and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's ab- absolutely beautiful. It's a lovely story. Marion's thrilled with it. She sold 30 million books, by the way. Wow. 30 million yeah. books worldwide. Yeah. That's a lot. So I suppose what, what it kind of got people to think about, if you had to pick somebody to go into the National Gallery, who would it be? What national treasure would it be? You yeah. Know? Yeah, well, we've asked viewers, actually, mm-hmm. what they thought. So, Brida got in touch. She thinks uh, Vicky Phelan would be yeah, a good one, which brilliant. is uh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Catherine said Marty Morrissey. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sheena Marie said Sinead O'Connor. So, some yeah. nice suggestions yeah. there. Uh, I think there are, but there, there are a lot of portraits of Sinead O'Connor. And there are, there's a portrait somewhere of Vicky Phelan. Wasn't there a big... Um, there was an exhibition was, that was going was around a, yeah. the country, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was. And, and, then, and the likes of, obviously, the likes of Mary Robinson and Mary McLeese. Yeah. I mean, the National um, Gallery has a lot of, you know, the, the most influential people, you know, already, you know, from arts, from politics, mm-hmm. all the rest of it, uh, with their portraits in there. The person whose portrait I would like to see in there is the person who kind of I admire most, and that's Joe Murphy. Mm-hmm. So Joe Murphy, for those of you who don't know, invented Tato's. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> no Mr. Yeah. Tato didn't invent yeah. Tato's? Yeah. He invented Mr. Well, including Mr. Tato, and wow. that has probably been the biggest influence in my life. <laughs> Tato's, okay. It doesn't so. show at all, Aileen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, there. I'm kind of breathing in there as I'm saying it. There, yeah. there are two of us. What, what about you, Fiona? Well, I have to say, I'd love to see Nan McCafferty in there. I think she's, you know, first of all, she's got an amazing face. So I think she'd be a wonderful subject, but she'd be a real addition. But, you know, I have to say, I go into the National Gallery reasonably regularly and I always hang around the portraits because there are loads and loads of really interesting pictures. Like Henry Shefflin is in there, Graham Norton, Gay Byrne. You know, there are a lot of modern ones. And this picture, this stunning picture of Marion is just such a worthy you know, addition to it. And uh, I love the way we're all kind of, you know, today mentioning other artists as if we know what we're talking about. But yeah. I'd throw Frida Kahlo in there. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. there's a kind of a, a look of, uh, you know, that kind of the boldness 
And, you know, Marion is an absolutely bold girl. And I think she's rightly delighted with yeah. this. Really gets her. We saw a picture there as well of her and her mom looking at the, at the portrait. Yeah. I'd imagine the mom was so proud. Yeah. With all, yeah. Was, what did you say, 30 million books? Yeah, and, and also, she, Marion's great on Twitter and social media. Mm. She's great fun. And, um, and she talks about her mother quite a lot about, about on, on social media as well. So if you're on Twitter, definitely give her a follow because yeah, she's great value. Yeah. I met a portrait artist once and I asked him, what's the first part of a person you draw? I never would have guessed the answer. What is it? The bridge of your nose. So the space between okay. your eyes, he said it gives you the proportion right. for, for your face. It's amazing, isn't it? I do know yeah. they, say, they always say that the hands are the hardest thing to, yeah. to, to, to paint and yeah. To, yeah. to draw. So. Because sometimes, you know, the, the, the body and the face could be nice, but these, these joined hands. Well, what happened there? Yeah. But, uh, not, not so much anymore, Joe. No, no not so much. <laughs> Fiona, we're going to move on to our next story. You might explain this one, and it's about same-sex schools. Yeah, this is an interesting column that Brianna Parkins wrote in the Irish Times at the weekend. Now, Brianna, if people don't know her, she was actually a Rosa Tralee candidate. Right. I'm sure you knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she's also a very good writer, but she's Australian. Mm-hmm. And she was writing about the fact that she went to a same-sex school. And this is off the story that one of the most influential single-sex schools, boys' school, a real kind of proper old boys network type school in Australia, has just announced it's going co-ed. And this has led to just massive protests and wringing of hands and people complaining that it's the worst thing imaginable that girls would be going in there. So, you know, it it, let, it leads us to this. And Brina went to a single sex school and she said she was sent to an all girls school in case she dumbed down in front of boys, which is a really interesting you know, reason to send somebody to a single sex school. Um, I mean, I have to say, I went to a single sex school and my kids went co-ed and they are way better adjusted than I am. Yeah. So, how, how do you mean you know, dumbing down, though, Fiona? What, what, what does that mean exactly? Well, I mean, I can tell you that, you know, I, I went, I was, you know, primary and secondary, I was with girls the whole way. And like, not to put too fine a point on it, when I went to college and there were boys in the classroom with me for the first time, I went berserk. Like, you know, I mean, it was like a kid in a candy shop and completely distracted. And, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was think about getting a qualification. I just wanted to get a boyfriend and a few boyfriends and as many as possible and all that. And, you know, I wasn't the only person who was like that. But when I compare my kids who were in... You know, right from the, you know, they would have gone to play group and stuff like that. But certainly from junior infants, they were in with boys and, you know, they were in with, with the opposite gender. And the net, now they've all left school now, but my, my son's best friend, his lifelong best friend is a girl who was in his class in school. Um, you know, and they're 25 now. My, my younger daughter, most of her friends were boys, but they just have... Like, all my kids would be in mixed gender groups and they just have an ease about the opposite gender that, that we never had. I mean, even to this day, you know, I think people my generation who went to single-sex schools, you know, walk into a room and kind of go, how many men are here, how many women, and set their face accordingly. Now, my kids don't do that. They, you know, their face is set before they go into the room, before they know who's in it. What do you think, Aileen? Do you think there's any value in same-sex schools today? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, I went to same-sex school. Uh, I have actually sent all... No, not to primary school, but all my five kids went to a mixed primary school, a co-ed primary school, and then they went to mixed secondary schools. Or they went to, uh, sorry, same-sex secondary schools. Um, 
where I come at this is, you know, I, re I, I think it's another one of these parenting dilemmas that, you know, again, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, you're, you're doing right for going wrong. I mean, I mm -hmm. think it's very much a personal choice thing. It's, you know, whatever suits a particular family mm -hmm. um, and their own children. And also it depends on, you know, the area they're living in, the <coughs> geographical location, accessibility. I think the best school is the school that you're most comfortable sending your kids mm -hmm. to. It's the school that is easiest to reach. It's where their friends are going. I mean, I'm not saying that I regret sending mine to same-sex schools if there had been co-ed schools closer by, which there weren't, I, I possibly would have sent them there, but it was more a geographical thing and an accessibility thing. I do know for a fact there's absolutely no academic um, a, a, a priority given to, to same-sex schools as opposed to co-ed schools. There's no um, differentiation in terms of, that's been done, shown by decades of research, and there was, a, there was actually... Um, a survey done by the University of Limerick only a few years ago, which again was done on about 5,015-year-old boys, uh, who, some of whom were going to co-ed and some of whom were going to single-sex school, and there was shown to be no um, no academic difference in terms of what... At uh, all. No. The only difference, I suppose, that it would make is I think they found that those who go to co-ed schools are more... Um, socially prepared yeah, yeah. because they have been mixing. And, you know, I suppose, yeah. it, you know, it, it's what Fiona said, you know, you're going to go on to third level or you're going to go into the workplace and you're going to be mixing with the other gender and, you know, suddenly, you know, are, are you, you know, like Fiona does, like Fiona said she did, yeah. are you going to be going mental because yeah. suddenly mm -hmm. you're with the other gender where yeah. you might be more socially prepared if you're in a co-ed. Was there another survey that kind of went against that then, Joe? Well, I, what was interesting to me uh, was that this, this particular school in Australia mm -hmm. was a very posh, <clears throat> privileged school and I think it wasn't what the, the men and it was all the men who were protesting and say the fathers and they were ex-pupils of the school there was a real sense of the, they wanted to protect the privilege that they had they wanted their sons yeah. to be as privileged and there was a real sense that they didn't want their sons to be competing as a couple of the guys said with, with girls you know as in you know I, I went to this school, I had my, you know, I, I was privileged, I've come out, I've had a great career, I haven't had to compete with anybody. That was the sense I was getting from that. Okay. Uh, what I wouldn't like is segregating kids by, by gender, by economic background, mm -hmm. or by religious faith. Yeah. The, more, the bigger the mix, the better you are, you are off, yeah. the more well-adjusted mm -hmm. they'll but, be. But I think most schools, I think gender exclusion is, is becoming a thing that they're trying to get rid of. I mean, yeah. as I say, there's, no, there's definitely no ac academic advantage. And there are more and more same-sex same secondary schools that are becoming co-ed. I mean, I think currently about one-third of the secondary schools are same-sex, which is very unusual compared to the is European. Is that high all the time? Yeah, it's high as that, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, you're, that's not the same. I mean, that's much higher than in Europe or in mm -hmm. any other comparable country. Aileen, we'll have to move on to our next story because you're being very understated about it now, but apparently it's Galentine's Day today, ahead of Valentine's Day Happy tomorrow. Valentine's I, I didn't Day actually folks. know it was Valentine's Day. I mean, this was my Tuesday. <laughs> Neither did I. This was my Tuesday. Are we going anyway, out? Are we going out? We're going out tonight, Aileen. I am. I'm going yeah. out with some people who are also going on Valentine's Day because you make not What's notice. Valentine's Day? Boys, Galentine's oh, Mal Day. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Day. Oh, we sorry. can combine them both yes. and call it Palentine's yes. Day. Also, Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, look, Galentine's Day. Now, I don't think you need to have a special day to celebrate female friendship, but I suppose any excuse for... Hang on, you're nulling them on, OK? The <laughs> International Women's Day. Come on, these days we're all adding up now, Aileen. Come on. <laughs> all right, Bridget's Day, hang on. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. hang on. Uh, you've got Patrick's Day, Father's Day, loads <laughs> of other day. days. Day. And there's all the days of the year that aren't even named. There's your days anyway. And there's an extra day this year, because there's a leap year. We have to get special days, okay, because you get all the normal back, days. Alien. But anyway, uh, so it's Galentine's Day, so again, it is all about celebrating female friendship and I, I, I meet a few girls tonight now I have to say but I, I would have met them anyway it didn't have to be Galentine's Day but 
it, you know, it, it, I think friendships are fantastic, you know, because it's great to have a nuclear family group and all the rest, of it, but it's great to have the connection that you can have with friends. And you can keep making friends right throughout your life. My mother, uh, who I keep talking about, had her 90th recently, and she had 147 people. Oh, wow. Small, And I'd say, who's that? She said, well, I'm only friends with her the last couple of years. Yeah. So you can make, you continue nice. to make friends right through, you know, all the decades, you know, and, and have friends in, from different groups, whether it's from, you know, she, 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 current, right, right now she's off playing 45 with a group of girls celebrating, celebrating Galentine's. So, you know, you, you can really make friends all your life. And I think anything to do with celebrating friendship and female friendship is fantastic. Yeah. And male friendship and, and not and any friendship. Fiona, where does this come from? Well, where do you, yeah, like it's really obvious. And I suppose my kind of slight, you know, um, I'm slightly allergic to Valentine's Day because it's clearly a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction to Valentine's Day. And I sort of think, you know, like as Ayn said, female friendship is wonderful. Friendship of all hues is wonderful. But kind of it, it feels like a protest to me. And I kind of think, look, you know, if you want to celebrate, celebrate friendship, do it every day, you know, or do it on whatever day suits you. But don't kind of make a point of we're not doing Valentine's Day. This is our day. Because it just feels like it's coming from a very negative space, to be honest. Maybe people who are eternally single, though, might just get well, sick you can, you can of Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day. Yeah. And Valentine's Day. You can celebrate. You can celebrate Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. You don't have to be calling any day, do you? Joe, you're getting stuck into this at all here now, are you? Yeah. <laughs> are you backing back? I, I believe it comes from, from, um, from a, a great American sitcom called uh, Parks and Recreations, oh, which yeah. is a fantastic show. Yeah. I can recommend yeah, it. Yeah. And Amy, Amy Poehler That's made right. it yeah. up. Yeah. And actually, if you see the episode with Valentine's Day, it actually makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. all for it. Why not celebrate friendship when you can? Yep. Yeah. And listen, take, take a leaf out of your mother's book now, Aileen Hickey. You're still making friends at 90. I, I, I love that. that. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's only a couple of years away now, anyway. Ah, will go away. <laughs> <laughs> By the time you're 90, I said there'd be about 4,000 people at the party, I think. <laughs> guys, Gurumail, great to have you, Fiona. Thank you, Jogas, Aileen Gurmag. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to tune in to the Today Show every weekday on RTE1 from 3.30. Or, if you missed the show, you can watch it back on the RTE player. Visit rte.ie forward slash player. Stay tuned.